What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting approximately six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Before we started the podcast, we have this ongoing literal beef with our friends over at Trapdoor to Hell. And Dominic actually made steak today before the podcast, gearing up for this barbecue off that definitely is going to happen sometime in the near future. And I just want to point out, Brandon, I know you're going to, you're, you're, I, I would consider us, our friendship has gone from, you know, acquaintances to friends. I would say damn near, we're, we're not even best friends anymore. I think we're close to brotherhood now. I know you're going to give me a good score, like a nine, nine or something like that. Your honest opinion. What would you give it? This is just a shot in the dark steak. What would you give it? Well, we went over the stats. We went over the uh, one bite. We all know the rules. I gave you my score. I said I was leaning. You'd like an 8-9, you said? No. Wait, what? I was not. An 8 or a 9. I think there might have been an 8 or a 9 in there, but I think I maybe gave it like a 6-8. 6.8 was a slightly overseasoned, a wee bit. But I think there was promise. It wasn't the best cut of steak in the world. It was just kind of your run-in-the-mill, thin-cut steak. Well, like I said, it was just kind of a shot in the dark. It wasn't nothing special. It was kind of just, I'm going to do it. You know, if you if you know, if know, I was preparing for a cook-off, I probably got a better cut of meat. I probably would have seasoned it. I would have I done so much more. But this is just a last-minute deal. Would you eat? If this was another, if, if, if I had to cook this again, would you eat it? I would say I would eat it again. I, maybe I would have even had a second steak. If I had some. If you had some, but you only be making one serving. Your yep. boy's fat. I need more. That's all you need, buddy. And then you made me eat some salad with some shitty blue feta cheese or whatever. It's, it's called a feta cheese, and I got it from Costco. And you shop at Costco a lot. I would have figured you would have known that. I, well, I don't get that type of salad. You, like you get the Caesar salad. Don't look at my titties. Sorry, I'm looking at his gray wife beater right now as he's got some nice under titty sweat. <laughs> it's really distracting. I'm a fat man. Leave me alone. And I drink you're a little fat. bit of alcohol today. You're not fat. You're thick. With two C's. We're not going to go over the top and say three. Just just two C's. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, Brandon, can we just jump on right into it? Well, I guess we could just jump right into it. And Patrick Mahomes gets paid. We knew this was going to happen. It was just a matter of if, when, how much. And the news came through earlier this week. Patrick Mahomes has signed an extension with the Chiefs 10 years, $450 million. He can earn upwards. The max amount he can earn is $503 million if all of the incentives are met. I think the guarantee is around 150 And, I mean, he now this makes him the highest paid player in sports history. Mike Trout had that deal. He was about low 400s. Obviously, it's baseball, so he has a lot more guaranteed money. But Patrick Mahomes, if he stays healthy and he does Patrick Mahomes things, he's going to be the most. He's going to be the richest player in sports history. Now, how many times have we seen? I'm not going to say quarterback. I'm going to say sports players in general achieve greatness in their first season or two. And then get signed to this big contract, and then they over, 
I'm sorry, not over. They underachieve like crazy. And this was the debate Tyler and I were having about Bryce Harper. He says Bryce Harper overpaid. Is, is overpaid. But just because you're overpaid doesn't make you a bad player. And I don't even know if Bryce Harper is overpaid. That's a discussion for another day. And it, it's more as though, like, we'll talk, Bryce Harper's a completely different thing because his is more backloaded and everything like that. But Patrick Mahomes, there is people wondering out there is how much will he, this contract, hinder the Chiefs going forward because you have to pay him $45 million a year. And Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and the Honey Badger and all these other skill sets, you're not going to be able to go out and get that next generation of great players in these positions because you're locked up to so much money for the next 10 years. I mean, it just goes to show you that, I mean, I would say in the next two to three, if he's not playing at a certain caliber, then they might play with the idea of shipping him around. Oh, Dominic, what the hot take that Patrick Mahomes is going to get cut from the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I don't think, you know, next season he's cut or anything like that, but I mean, it's a 10-year deal. Let, let, let's be let's be real for a second. And it's a 10-year deal when it's all said and done. He's going to be 36. So after this 10-year deal, he can sign another deal, and maybe he'll get paid even more per— How old is Tom Brady again? He's in his 40s. So, I mean, there you go. So, I mean— He can sign a five-year deal if he wants, or he can go two to three. And Pat, uh, So, Patrick Mahomes signs this 10-year deal, and this isn't going to be his final contract either, if all goes well. It, and that that's that's the the perfect word though is if all goes well, he can shit the bed the next ten years. No one's gonna sign him, or he can go, or he can be the next Tom Brady and shit. The Chiefs might throw more money at him, or he might get a more lucrative deal somewhere else. You just gotta, you gotta. Well, Patrick Mahomes is wait and see. I think by far the best quarterback in the league. He does everything well. I mean, not everything well. He does everything pretty fantastic. And I think it's going to be pretty hard right now for me to see any current NFL quarterback to top this. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, uh, Kyler Murray, those are kind of the two names floated out there that possibly could rival this deal. But I just don't see either one of those guys really getting to the next level, obviously. Trevor Lawrence is out there at Clemson, which we'll talk a little college sports in a little bit. But I think right now this is the most lucrative contract in sports history Maybe baseball. I mean, obviously, I think baseball is that one sport or soccer that could break that record. But I think in football, this contract is going to be record-setting for a while. Well, I mean, the other thing, too, you just you pointed out earlier was that, um, you know, baseball's more guarantee. You being that you love sports, but you also played— Patrick Mahomes, also a baseball player. You, But you've also played both football and baseball. And oh, you, you know, You're whatever. a multi-sport person here. Fresh, A royal freshman— team slash jv because we had a bunch of idiots and so we had to combine the jv and freshman team because not enough people made grades well and here's the thing though if you were put in this position if you had to take a less contract but more guarantee or would you take the higher contract with uh or wait would you take the higher contract with less guarantee or the less contract with more i'm betting on myself and i'm gonna get that bag i'm taking the patrick mahomes deal over or i'd say russell wilson i don't know like a, whatever a baseball deal comparable to where not like Mike Trout because obviously Mike Trout is getting like almost everything guaranteed but I would want to bet on myself and believe that I could stay healthy and stay at that same level for the next 10 years and make half a billion dollars plus all the extra 
sponsorships and everything that comes along with it. Can I be, can I be your best friend and you can buy me stuff? Dominic, you're already my best friend. You don't have to compete for it. We spoke enough about this. Let's let's move on. Well, we got some more actual sports talk to talk about. We got some Rona news at the end of it. But Raheem Mostert, running back for the San Francisco 49ers, was a late season Cinderella story. Really came along later on in the season and in the postseason. He was trying to negotiate a new contract, trying to restructure his deal because currently his current contract runs through 2021 and he's due a total of six million dollars maximum over the last nine games this is from field yates on the twitterverse in 2019 the last nine games he had 123 carries for 760 yards averaging 6.2 and 12 rushing touchdowns so quite good for such a short amount of time he's basically on a contract for special teams and he wants to get more running back type money the niners were like eh not feeling it so now he has requested a trade. So if you're the 49ers, uh, being that there is a season, are you going to trade him or are you going to say you're going to finish your contract out and then we're going to release you? Well, with the 49ers, they have like three starting, maybe not top tier starting running backs, but they have three running backs kind of all in the same vicinity that could start for them and get multiple touches a game. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons why they feel as though, okay, Raheem, you know, you want some money. Obviously, you did give us good productivity last year, but we have Tevin Coleman. We have some other guys that we could possibly give the rock to instead. And we don't have to, you know, put any more extra stress on the cap. Would you be willing, if you were were, uh, him, would you take just a, a slight bump? Or are you looking at, you know, whatever? I'm not. I'm not going to say the the best running back in the league, but I'm just saying, would you? Are you looking for the average running back salary? Or are you looking for your, you know, head guy? Well, he's salary? definitely not worth, you know, Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, top tier guys, especially because what he did was not an entire season. I think what. I would want to do, or if I was a 49ers is, you know, try to restructure and kind of get, uh, kind of tear up this contract, but then just kind of add for the next two years, you get a slight pay raise. And then maybe next after 2021, then you can go and test free agency and see what you want to do. But obviously most are kind of uncertain circumstances right now. He's trying to guarantee some money and trying to get something up front because you just never know if there's even a season to be played and people might have short-term memory and kind of forget about what he did. And when it comes to 2021, he's still getting paid special teams money. And then who knows if even 2021, there's going to be a season. And then it's just all, we don't know what's going to go down. So might as well just try to get your money now. Do you know of any teams that could use someone like him? Because I think everybody has at least a decent quarterback, if not. Or a running back. Whatever. Same thing. I'm buzzing a little bit. Yeah. Dominic, uh, Got some of those pre-mixed Jack and Cokes from the Costco. And he's already pounded uh, two PBRs, or at least one. Two. Two. I'm on my third. And he may or may not have taken a gummy before the podcast started. I mean, definitely wasn't this. How do you say that? Goalie nutrition, apple cider vinegar gummies. It wasn't totally wasn't like three of those. Yeah, I mean, he, he did take gummies. I don't know what's inside the gummy, but he did take some gummies. Don't do drugs, kids. I, 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 when have I ever done drugs? 
Never, because Dominic's a good Christian boy. Ooh. Mom, if you're listening, I'm not Christian. He's Catholic. Br- pe- Brandon, are the Catholics and Christians the same thing? Oh, that, that, we're not going yeah. to get political or religious on this podcast, but te- if we're going to, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there, that technically <laughs> Catholics are a part of the Christian faith because Christian, you know, Christianity as a whole oh, is the oh, belief okay there, Pope. Calm in down. Jesus. Calm down, Pope. Anyways. Did I ever tell you that back in the day when I was with my father and my stepmom, they were trying to look for a church, and we went to like some churches around here, and they were like the Catholic churches, and one of the preachers was basically like uh, they were being very negative towards the other religions. It was like okay, not like not not feeling this environment right now. And then you went to high school and realized that every religion hates every other religion. There's no religion that likes one other religion. They all hate each other. And let's stop talking. Let's all be one together. Let's stop talking about religion, man. Let's talk about sports, man. That's one religion we all can get around is sports. Look at Dominic bringing people together. It's what I live to do, baby. Dominic, twenty twenty, we're running for president. Fuck Kanye. Fuck you, Kanye. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, we got some Rona news. A lot of Rona news as the world and the sports world starts to open up again. The MLS. We talked about them last week that uh, I think they're coming back. And I hinted that FC Dallas, there were some players that tested positive, and now the outbreak in that team has kind of grown a little too much. And now FC Dallas will sit out the tournament for the MLS season. And obviously we're not going to talk super in-depth about the MLS, but they're in a bubble situation very similar to what, I mean, pretty much the exact same thing of what the NBA is doing because they're both at Disney World. And there's a team that has to bow out of this bubble scenario. You would think that the bubble scenario is the safest way to go about this because it's a controlled environment, but yet the season hasn't even started yet, and yet a team already had to dip because there was a coronavirus outbreak. What do you think the the chances of this possibly happening in the NBA as more players and teams are starting to trickle it and get into the NBA bubble? I mean... Realistically, I think there's always, my opinion, the way I look at it is there's always one person on each team that is debating yes or no. And then when you have something like this that comes out, it's, you know, it proves that person right. Um, when it comes to, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm, I'm actually trying to think who. Brandon, help me out here. I'm thinking. I'm trying. I'm, I'm losing names here. Well, you're not really giving me any descriptions of what you're thinking about. Name, name a player who's on the fence. If Michael Beasley, fuck Michael positive. Beasley. <laughs> I'm joking. Go ahead. Well, you're trying to. Th- so basically, what do you think could this shut down possibly the entire MLS scenario, situation, or scenario? Combined into one equals a scenario. Okay. Sure. And I'm not the one that's drunk here on the podcast. Sure, sure. Uh, but with the NBA, do you think it's going to take LeBron, Giannis, Kyrie, if he's even going to show up, a lot of these top-tier guys to shut the whole thing down? I'm going to say no. And that's just because, I mean, yes, LeBron James, who everybody knows, if he doesn't play yeah, it's going to be a big deal. But you look at you know, the broader scope is you still have players on that team that people would want to see. Dwight, I'm not saying Dwight Howard's a main and main household name, but 
you have Dwight, you have Anthony Davis, you have, you know, there's at least one, there's a star in at least each one team, at least. Um, but yes, if, I would say if you have a, I would say a slew of top tier players that are saying no, then the NBA might have to either A, fold the whole thing, or two, they might maybe talk up a new agreement, maybe, I mean, they, they people are money hungry. They're going to want their money. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that the only reason that these sports are being played is because the teams and the owners want to make money? No, 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 no. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. What? That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, I would have never thought that sports is mainly just about the money. Dominic. I say, fuck it. Street ball. Well, the whatever it's called, the TBT basketball tournament, that thing's underway. And who would have thought that would have been up and running before the NBA? But the big three. They're going to take over NBA Watch. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. Patrick Mahomes getting cut from the Chiefs, and the big three is going to take over the NBA. You're making it sound like these things aren't going to happen. Well, we're just saying people might think that it's stupid and not going to happen, but we're, I'm just reiter- But watch. In three I'm years, that it is going to happen. In three years, they're going to talk about how Mahomes' contract was absurd, unnecessary, and then they're going to talk about how the how the big three has uptick in fans and ticket sales and merch and everything because of this date right here. Watch. Mark it on your calendars. July 10th, 2020. At 529. Dominic Hobson was ahead of the curve and predicted the big three. And now the studio audience wants ice cream from the ice cream man. During the podcast. Oh, he left. Damn. I thought he would know whose house is which, and he would just kind of slow down right in front of your house and just be like, Dominic, we have ice cream still. I'm here. Come catch me. And he just drove right past you doing the, the 25 speed limit. You know, you know, one thing I noticed about ever since we got these microphones is you're a little more um, like enthusiastic a little bit to, to, to a point. Like you're more like you're caressing the microphone yeah. and you're just like, oh, Dominic, oh, you yeah. know? <laughs> I mean, I gotta up the. I don't know. Hit hit him with O Daddy Five one time. O Daddy Five. Oh shit! Now, something we never really talk about is the college sports. I quit. There's a lot of Rona news with the college sports. The Ivy League, which was the first conference to shut down its basketball tournament is once again out in front when it comes to shutting shit down for the Rona. They have announced that they are shutting down the entire fall sports calendar. They're not sure if they're going to move the fall to the spring and play those sports then. The Big Ten Conference has come out and said that they're only going to play in-conference games, obviously trying to limit travel and all the other bullshit. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of the other conferences, the ACC, SEC, Pac-12, they're going to come out and say some things, and they're probably going to do the conference-only scenario as well. Stanford has come out and said they're cutting, I think, 11 varsity teams or sports, which, I mean, there's so much money going on in college sports that when you're, especially when it comes to the college basketball and the college football, that when those sports get shut down, all of the other sports are affected by it. You know, it's the three that are going to remain, football, basketball, baseball you know those are the three that are going to remain swimming tennis volleyball uh rowing rowing golf 
Wrestling. Wrestle. Mm, damn, that sucks. Wrestling's big in the uh, Big Ten or Big Twelve. But the main three that will stay: baseball, football, basketball. Guaranteed. Well, obviously, basketball and base or basketball and football are the two mega giant sports that draw in a lot of the money. Even the mid-tier football teams make a shit ton of money just from television deals and attendance and everything like that. And we're definitely starting to see the economic effect of the coronavirus in sports from the college sports scene because, obviously, I mean, there's so much money to be made during the NCAA tournament, the baseball tournament, all these other sports happening in the springtime. And now it seems as though now the fall is going to be greatly affected by this and the teams and or the schools out there are just trying so hard it feels like to keep the football afloat just because that football makes so much money for pretty much every every d1 school in the country and now they're thinking about possibly playing these fall sports in the springtime and then dominic i ask you yes you are a junior possibly draft eligible well draft eligible but possibly getting drafted for the nfl do you risk that and play during the springtime? Or do you just dip and train for the NFL draft, knowing that you're probably getting drafted? Like, is if you're a first-rounder, do you play? If I know, I'm not going to say for a fact, but if I know damn well I'm a first-round, there's no way in hell I'm playing. I don't care. I don't care what coaches say, what fans say, what whoever says. I'm not playing. If I'm second, third, I, but, but I would say I would, guaran- I would. If second, third, you're guaranteed to get drafted. Because even if you fall to fifth or sixth, you're at least going to get a, a spot at camp. And and then that, that, that's the thing is, you know, if 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 I'm second, third, I probably still won't play fourth, fifth. I would probably dabble. I'd probably really. I would, I would honestly probably really have to weigh all the odds, all the yes and nos, and go with, you know, what makes sense at that time in my life. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's kind of like the discussion we had at, uh, at the, uh, Gunderson's compound on 4th of July weekend. The Gunderson gun house. Gun house. Sorry. Cause you know, they got guns shown. Well, hang on. Their guns are shown. Okay. I'm flexing right now. Flex on them haters. Um, and how I, I brought up and I think we talked about it on the podcast was, you know, if your if your baseball team has a chance of going to the world series and winning, would you play? And I'm I don't don't remember who said yes, but I think Tyler said yes. And then you and Josh were saying. Well, if we no. go back to uh, last week's podcast, Dominic says, "Fuck that, I'm not playing." And then I think about 30 seconds later, he doubles down and says, "I'm going to risk it for the biscuit." As the studio <laughs> audience is staring him right in the eye and says, "Be careful what you say." And he said, "Fuck you, I don't care if you're getting the Rona. I'm going for that chip and I'm getting that money." See, okay, but here's the thing: I would have. I would distance myself. I would quarantine. I would do all the precautions, do it all, you know. Um, and it kind of it runs into the same situation here. Is if I'm first, second, third round, I'm probably not playing. Fourth, fifth, sixth, I'm probably gonna play. Or, you know, unless I have you know someone giving me some insider information, being like, "Hey, you're 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 gonna get drafted. It's just a matter of time. Just you know." If Mel Kiper even knows who I am, I ain't playing. Oh damn right. But because. Even if you wait, there's going to be those seniors and some of the others. If you wait till next year or the year after, there's going to it's going to be so backloaded and so many players eligible that you might get lost in the shuffle. So if you want to get out in front of this, 
I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence and these SEC guys, Alabama guys who are going to get drafted in the first round. I mean, I think it'd be interesting to see what Alabama players would do just because almost that entire team is getting drafted. And it's like, if we're going to risk our health and safety to not get paid, and yet if we sit out a couple months and work, just work out, we can make millions. We get drafted, we get paid a, a few million million dollars, if not, you know, a couple tens of millions of dollars. So just something to kind of keep an eye out right now. I think next year and the year after, or, you know, in the next few weeks, we're going to be getting some more news on the college level, but it, it ain't looking so hot. And it is kind of interesting that a lot of these schools are saying, okay, students, you guys stay home. We're just going to be doing remote internet classes in the fall semester. But that when it comes to the athletes, especially the football teams, no, come on in. It's safe because there's going to be nobody here. We're going to be our own little bubble on campus. Come on, work out, you know, play these games so we can make our television deals and make millions and millions of dollars despite you not making anything and possibly risking your life for it. Let me ask you this real quick too. So let's say let's say you're the one that opts out and says, no, I'm not playing. I'm going to get drafted. And you don't get drafted. And what happens then? Then you play another year and then... But as I said, if Mel Kuyper even knows who I am, there's a good chance that some team will sign me or do something with me. Okay. Okay, Brandon. Okay. Okay. Once again, just like the Patrick Mahomes thing, I'm betting on myself. Hey, and that's good on you, man. You just gotta Don't bo- let them bring you down. Go. You just got to believe. No, I can't do it. No. Okay, just go, go on. I'm not going to get sidetracked. Then finally, it's our everyone's favorite update, everyone's favorite segment. We got the MLB update. We have some more players opting out of the 2020 season. The big name that came out during 4th of July. Buster Posey. On 4th of July. Um. Was David Price. Just got traded over to the Dodgers in that Mookie Betts trade. This is not only, it's bad news for the Dodgers, but it's actually pretty good news for the Red Sox because the Red Sox were paying, I think, $9 million or something, like almost half of Price's contract now. They're off the books on that, so maybe they can go out, sign a player. Maybe they sign Yasiel Puig because it is an absolute sham that Yasiel Puig is not in the MLB roster. But, but he's I, very hot-headed. But he's also an average baseball player. Nah, he's a little. He, I'm not going to say he's a you know star, but he's he's a smidge above Slightly average. Slightly above average. Yes. With yes. a high ceiling. Oh yes, totally agreed but also kind of a low floor. What is that? Wait, how do you have a high ceiling but a low floor? He can be really good, but he can also be really shit. It's Puig. He'll hit a, he'll hit a home run and then fight the next person he he'll sees. He'll hit like 265 with like 12 home runs and also get suspended for like five games. Reminds me of somebody else I know. Maybe played for Los Rojos or something, you know. He, he was... You know, I've never player. been suspended. I'm a great, good Christian boy. Good Christian boy, Christian AF, as the young bucks would say. <laughs> but so David Price has opted out. Nick Markakis has opted out. Freddie Freeman is one of the players on the Braves. Nick Markakis's teammate has tested positive. Don't exactly know how much of that has gone into his decision making. But then the big news today on Friday, Buster Posey has announced that he will be opting out of the 2020 season. You know, all three of these guys, kind of similar, Posey and Price, have gotten their chip. Markakis, as well as, you know, they're all veteran players, have gotten their money. And I think we're kind of seeing a pattern here where it's a lot of older players 
they kind of they've done what they were gonna do and maybe they realize that it's not worth the risk and then it's gonna be interesting to see if we see some younger players real star players like Mookie Betts Mike Trout Cody Bellinger uh you know Matt Chapman Matt Olson you know all the younger guys opt out of the season but Dominic your reaction to these three marquee guys obviously Posey and Price are the main guys and who was the third one again Nick Markakis, aka fucking pussy. I really want you to divulge, like, what? what tell me about him. What? What makes him a fucking pussy? Well, Dominic, if you listen to Trapdoor to Hell, our friend, frenemies, frenemies over, over at Trapdoor to Hell, until Trap, I beat Travis in the cookoff, then they are. I said frenemies until they until I beat Travis in the cookoff. And then what happens after that? Are they friends? Are they enemies? I, I would say great, Inferior. great friend. Whoa. Oh, you, they, your word's not mine. Well, I mean, if you beat them, I thought you were just going to bury them and say, you know, we're way better than them. No. I, I would be very humble and be like, great, great, great friends. But if I lose, then they're fucking assholes. Anyways, Travis told a story about me and him one time going to an Oakland A's game. They were playing the Baltimore Orioles. Right fielder, Nick Markakis, and Travis was just jaw jacking him the entire time. And his go-to word was calling him a fucking pussy. And I don't know exactly what inning it was, maybe like after the third or fourth inning, wasn't too long, that we had an usher have to come down every top of the or bottom of the inning to to stand right next to Travis just to keep him in check. I don't think there's any like explicit explanation of why the usher is there, but we all knew why the usher was there. Let's be honest, it's just the same thing that happened at that one game we went to last year where the usher came down and was like, hey, chill your shit. Chilly your shit? Chill your shit, people. As the studio audience runs to the bathroom. Because she's got to chilly her shit. Most likely. This is the only time we can talk, talk shit, Brandon. Go. Dominic, you need to say anything off the record or on the record? Off, off the, the record, record is, uh, you know, your homeboy made some, made some mistakes last year. And uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying Dominic to. Dominic got flamed last night during Fortnite. Yeah. And he got very, very butthurt. He, ju- he literally jumped out of a helicopter and committed <laughs> suicide. Virtually. You know trying to move on but for some reason yesterday she was not having it and uh slept in uh the doghouse so the literal doghouse well i mean my mom is bad because she's not here so Ooh, was this your choice or her choice my choice but she didn't come running after me oh okay okay maybe we'll have a special podcast of dominic in the studio audience having to talk it out i'll be like dr phil Ooh, well like catch that. me outside how about that no, because then she'll probably whoop the shit out of that's me. That's so. definitely, well, the studio audience, that's definitely, she'd be the bad Barbie. I thought her name was like Batty or something like that. Pretty sure her name is Bad Barbie. It's like bad with the B-H-A-D. Bad. Bitch is younger than us and she's making millions, Brandon. She's like 17. God damn it. Maritime. I want to eat some Oreos, so can we hurry up? Not to be confused with the mascot Oreo. Yes, I want to eat, I'm looking at double stuffed Oreos right now and they look fucking amazing. Anyways, anything else on the MLB update? Anything that you want to talk about? We got summer camp going on. Matt Chapman flaming the Oakland fans, saying that they're used to playing in front of nobody in a quiet environment. I mean, unless they're talking about the games we didn't go to, but I felt like, yeah, okay, yeah, we're not a sellout every fucking time, but, I mean, let's be real here. I mean, when they need us to get loud, we get fucking loud. And, I mean, the last team, well, it's kind of hard to be loud when 
like the third pitch of the game in a wild card game is sent to the right foot of bleachers. But the last game <laughs> at the Coliseum, there were about 50,000 people there and it was pretty fucking loud. I mean, granted, that was the first, you know, Brandon, did I tell you, that was my first playoff game ever in any type of sporting event. That's well, my we, first I mean, playoff we game. did go to a uh, Warrior watch party, which is a playoff game technically. But it's different. It's not, you're not there witnessing every pitch, every at bat, every everything. You weren't there for the J.R. Smith blender. Fuck up. Which I was there, which didn't even really realize what the fuck was going on. You were just like, oh, fuck, they lost. Oh, man, they're going to lose. And then. Well, at my angle, because I was like behind the basket on the opposite end, from my angle, it looked as though Jared Smith was. He rebounded it, and it looked as though he was running towards LeBron to pass it to him, but then he just never did. Yeah. Sorry, I'm texting a coworker. Are you sure? That's who you're texting? Are you, try- are you trying to. Fuck you. Look, it says Dave on it, motherfucker. Shout out Dave. Hi, I'm Dave. Actually, you know what? It's funny. I'm shouting out Dave before we shout out a friend of mine, Earl. Earl is a great friend at work, Brandon. We should have him on the podcast sometime. Hi, I'm Dave. Who's Dave? Shout out Dave. Great show on FX and Hulu. Lil Dicky. No, Dominic doesn't like Lil Dicky. He has a great song. What are you talking about? Do you even know who Lil Dicky is? Yeah. Well, he has the We're the World or whatever it's called. We are the world. You mean the Michael Jackson song? No, the the one fucking uh, the planet song. Yeah, like it's, his worst fucking song ever. It's a great song. We talking about so trash. many, so many featuring artists. That song is trash. You're fucking trash. It's no pillow talking. What's pillow talking? Exactly. Moving on, we got a question or questions in the email. It is time for everyone's. Miss- Oh, everyone's favorite segment. Even though I just said everyone's favorite segment is the MLB update, everyone's favorite segment is every segment. Every everybody's favorite Dominic segment. Even more than Dominic's picks. I mean, we haven't done Dominic's Dominic's picks. Well, Dominic's picks is a seasonal thing, so it's a very special occasion. It's a tasty treat on a fall afternoon. You get it about eighteen weeks a year, as the studio audience is about to destroy and those double stuffed Oreos. Can you bring me an Oreo? He's yeah, there's an Oreo underneath the table. Damn. But he's not double stuffed. Well, I mean, he could be double. He's double cheeked up. He could be double stuffed if you want to help me. Dominic, <laughs> I'm not fucking your dog. <laughs> that, that that was funny though. Anyway, Allegedly, Dominic has fucked his dog while he was hey, drunk. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! Watch your mouth. No, I did not. Seeing he's getting a little defensive there, so there's a little truth to that. Anyways, can you uh, can you uh, can we rewind this and you can set me up again, please? I gotta get my voice ready. Mm-mm. So that'll do it for us for sports. And before we get into the wrestling, we always got to bridge it with everyone's favorite segment. Dom- uh, Dominic's picks. God damn it. Brandon, you fucked me up. The gummies are kicking in, buddies. You fucked me up. It's not Dominic's picks. It's Mr. X's questions of the motherfucking week. Yo. You're the one with the questions. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Mr. X, our friend, our contributor, our confidant. No? Graphic designer. Graphic designer. There we go. Um, so, the fr- actually, you know what? Uh, you know, this is a question maybe directed more to you because, you know, you're the UFC expert here on this podcast, okay? Are you ready? Stay ready so you don't got to get ready. The main event for UFC 251 looks great. He's looking forward to... Oh God, I'm not... Uh, got this i got this i got, you this. got this looking forward to 
Masvidal versus Usman. Masvidal and Usman. So you got it about 80% right. Oh, thank you. I was thinking myself 65, but okay. I think you got Usman pretty well. Masvidal, you fucked up a little bit in the middle. Who do you think comes out on top? Me not knowing anything, I'm going with Usman because I can pronounce that name easier. See, this one is, this should have been the main event to begin with, as we talked about a little bit, that Masvidal was saying that, oh, you know, I'm done, I'm not I'm not re-signing, I want out of my contract and everything like that, and was a posturing, quite possibly, but this should have been the main event the entire time, we're going to finally get it, I'm excited to see what goes down, six days notice for Masvidal, the thing is, Usman was preparing for a completely different fighter, he was trying to fight Gilbert Burns, who's no Jorge Masvidal, Jorge Masvidal, a crazy man, he could just show up and just knee him right in the head, which... Obviously, you got some tape on that, so I don't think he's going to try to do that. But it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of shape Masvidal is in. Obviously, as I said, got to stay ready so you don't got to get ready. But if he was posturing and saying you know, he wants out, if he was legit about all that, how game ready is he? But then if Masvidal was – this was the fight he always wanted, but yet the money and everything just wasn't up to snuff – you in you know in in theory he's always he was always training for Usman but yet Usman wasn't training for Masvidal I just feel like this is going to it's super hyped it's super it's every what's everybody's been looking forward for and I bet you money's going to be fucking super bad like in a sense to where it's going to be not even worth watching it like I just have this weird feeling I think it's going to be a good fight I think I'm going to pick a finish. I'm going to go with Usman third round TKO. I'll go Usman decision. All right. So uh, take take those predictions, whichever one you want, and take them to the bank or the casino. Casinos are open now. Okay. And the second segment. The second question. Second segment. Guess what, Brandon? It's about his lovely Cincinnati Reds. Which I put over last week. And you put over last night playing Fortnite saying that he they're your sleeper pick. And I turned Tyler over to the dark side and convinced him that the Cincinnati Reds should be a sleeper pick in the NL. Basically, it's just him, you know, with the release of their 2021. Well, everybody released, I think, a 2021 schedule. Um, he said, is it premature for us to assume things will somewhat be back to normal next year. It would help if you put your mouth next to the microphone, Dominic. I'll put your mouth next to my microphone. You know what I mean? I'm not fucking your duck, Dominic. Okay. Is it safe to say, or is it premature to say things will be back to normal next year, Brandon? Now, when you mean next year, do you mean January 1st, 2021? I would say the start of the next season, 2021. Next baseball season. So that would bring it up to about April. I mean, we don't want to get political and coronavirus talk on here, but there were rumblings that maybe possibly. Hang on, hang on. Before you before, Brandon, what is coronavirus? Please explain that to some people who may describe Dominic, it wrong. Dominic, you're gonna you're trying to get me to yell at Travis about the coronavirus. Yes, I am. We can have that discussion possibly next week, because we are possibly scheduling sometime next week our MLB crossover episode preview show. And maybe we get a little coronavirus talk on that as well. Fine. But the MLB season, 20, April 2021, I'm hoping that maybe not things are completely back to normal. What is normal? 
I don't think we're ever going to get back to normal normal. But I think hopefully by that time in April, we'll have a semi-regular kind of feel to everything. I still am not exactly sure if fans will be back in attendance. But I think by April... I'm as long as the labor negotiations are fine. I'm not gonna say I'm confident. I'm about seventy percent that we'll get a one sixty two game schedule. Now, me being selfish, does that mean I'm getting my money back next year for A's access or what the fuck, Brandon? No, it just keeps rolling over year after year after year. They just keep taking your money, Dominic. Fuck them then. Well, if you want to save money, you should have you should call them and say that you want to switch it up to a two-person plan because technically you're paying for a three-person plan even though that third person is never going to show up because that third person is working for the, well, not working for the A's. But working, restaurants. Working for a restaurant, a team that works for the A's. Well, maybe I'll do that then. Which, it'll just... Too late now. It'll just prolong instead of, you know, paying for three people for three months thus far you'll have enough money to get for two people for five months or something like that. So I'm getting prorated? Sure. Thank you. I was going to try to make some sort of innuendo, but we're already going long. Is that it for Mr. X's oh, questions? Oh, well, I mean, we got today? wrestling questions. Do you want to do the wrestling well, questions real quick? let's do the wrestling okay, questions before saying. we talk about wrestling. Okay. Okay. It's more of a uh, E, 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 E. I was going to say E, E, W. The have hit, everybody. I was going to say E, W, M, M, and AEW question. Being that Cody and Sheeta's wins are still relevant, relatively, God, I'm fucking buzzing and I can't speak and I can't read. Relatively. No. This is new. Fuck you. Which team will eventually win the tag titles and who will be next to take the world title? If I'm just saying, if I'm speaking Frank here, I think you're next. Frank. I think your next tag team champions, FTR, just because they're. To me, it makes sense. You can have them screw over Young Bucks in like a tournament, and then they can have the heat on them, and then you can have that big FTR Young Buck feud going into like a major pay per view. I agree. I think FTR is the logical next tag team champion. As Dominic said, I think it's kind of just the perfect point to have just kind of all these different storylines meld together. You have them teasing something with Omega and Paige, they kind of got away from that. I think they could go back to it, and they could have the breakup. I think the breakup is going to happen while they're still tag team champions. That'll force them to lose the titles, and you can have FTR win the titles, and they can flaunt it in the Young Bucks' face, and then they're like, oh, you guys have been here for a year. You got a head start, and yet we're champions for you guys, and that can lead into a title match between them, and Paige and Omega can go off and do whatever the fuck they want as a singles feud. So I think, as you said, FTR is kind of the perfect person to take the belts off of Paige and hang or Paige and Omega, so they can get their feud going. Because I think obviously that's the way they're going. Who knows how long this is, this will last? But I think FTR is the logical pick now. Dominic, who would be your pick for the next world champion? See, and, uh, I don't know. Would that person even be on the roster? At the moment, so if I had to pick somebody on the roster, I think a. You could you can always go with Kenny Omega again, but I feel like that that's already, you know that that feud's already hit gone and you know. But what if Omega turns heel, and Moxley holds the title for a long you're time? You talking about cleaner Omega? Quite possibly. On being the elite, there was a slight little hint at the cleaner coming back, so I'm holding out hope. 
I mean, I, not not that I wouldn't like it. I just feel like it's something that we've seen already. I mean, that was the I think the first feud. Uh, Moxley, goddamn, that was the first feud Moxley had really in AEW was him and Omega. Um, I mean, I would be cool with that. Um, if you had to give someone else a shot, I think Hangman Page would have to, him and Omi- and uh, Moxley could actually have a a barn burner, bro. I think Page is a a logical next champion. Would that mean that maybe Moxley turns heel? I think. I mean, I don't think right now Moxley will turn heel, but I think eventually down the line Moxley could be a nice little person. You know, a nice heel turn later on down the line. MJF is out there. If you want to get it on a heel, I think he's probably the most logical person right now. If Kenny is a face, then I don't really see him winning the title. I think Kenny, as of this moment, should turn heel because I just think he's kind of cooled off a little bit as a character. And then maybe even Cody could turn heel later on down the line and he can just be like, you know, I agree to the stipulation, but I'm management, so fuck the rules. I'm changing it and now I want to be champion. Well, one thing I was thinking about, too, is you can always have Hangman turn heel from the from. Right. On, on but Omega, I, but, but then I think you at could... this point, if it's Kenny and Hangman, Page has a lot more heat behind him, and a lot, the crowd is behind him a lot more. Yes, there's no crowds, but yeah, yes, but I mean, because the, the way I was looking at it was, you can have him kind of f you to Omega. You can technically, you know, quote unquote, sideline him. You know, hurt his leg or break his arm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, whatever. And then you can have Hangman win the title. Go, you know, beat a couple people, and then you can have, you know, oh, I beat everybody, I'm the best, and then out comes Omega. You haven't beaten me, motherfucker. Have a feud for a month or so, maybe two months. Omega wins the title. We'll have to stay tuned. Now, if maybe I don't know if we want to go just from people who have been released from WWE or some free agents, any people you would think or who could come into AEW and be that champion. So, before Raw, I was thinking he's Slater. Just because you had Jinder? He has been so devalued that he could do good stuff, but I just, right now, he's he did so much shit in WWE that he can't, especially in AEW, he can't be at elevated to a main event. Like, John Moxley, it's one thing, because he was part of the Shield, and he was a main eventer and a champion there. But he Slater was a joke. You know, he Slater was a champion. What are you talking about? He was a tag champion. First you ever respect Sma- him. First ever SmackDown champion. You respect him. But even then, he was a joke. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I can't really think of, you know, anyone Ricochet, really. Ricochet, please leave WWE. Adam become... Cole, babe. Maybe we'll talk about oh. that a little bit later now. Let's get into. Hang on. Is there another? Is there another question, Dominic? Yes, there is, Brandon. Oh, Thank you. Oh, my gosh. And this is something that he's heard on Twitter. Heard slash read. I've heard slash read it on Twitter too. So it must be true. Do you think NXT, aka WWE, keeps bringing back the old pay per view titles um, to try to, you know, draw some interest in other viewers and also pull viewers away from AEW? So you have Great American Bash, you had In Your House. Do you think those are tactics by. I would say Triple H, not Vince, but I'll say Triple H. But you think that's tactics used by Triple H to maybe, you know, 
draw some strings and be like, oh man, Great American Bash, I remember that. Oh, in your house, God, that's so fucking old. Let's go, let's watch it. You know, is it? Do you think it's a tactic or is it just their way of being like, hey, let's try to spice up our event? I just think it's a cool little branding technique. I don't think there's, I don't think people are just coming in for the like. There's no WCW fans from 20 years ago, WWF fans from 20 years ago. Like, oh, in your house, Great American Bash. I remember that. I just think it's something you have the trademarks, you can use them, and both of them will, especially the in-your-house theme, I think it fit just because of the circumstances, but overall, I think you got the trademarks, use them, and I mean, the Great American Bash one, we could go in-depth on that just because of, it was kind of cheeky of them to do that, going up with Fighter Fest and Cody Rhodes and everything like that, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to fault them, and um, is it petty? Yeah but I don't think it's the most pettiest thing WWE has ever done. Question. Are we going to be seeing like vengeance, bad blood, Armageddon? Are we going to be getting those pay-per-views coming back? You think? Well, NXT has been kind of going more on the nostalgia factor. And I don't know if vengeance Armageddon has that same nostalgia feel. I think if you go into the WCW or even ECW library and you kind of pick names from that, like if they do December to Dismember, which I don't know if they would do that, but I think maybe kind of that type of stuff, like some of the defunct other company type names. I, I don't think WWE would do this. I think this is more of an NXT thing, and they've kind of done it, I think, on a consistent enough basis. You got the two shows in the back-to-back months. So it's just something to keep an eye on. Okay, Brandon. Well, now that is the end of the sports segment goodbye travis bye travis maybe see you on friday or talk to you on friday maybe or wednesday maybe who knows maybe stay tuned for that mlb crossover podcast spectacular maybe now let's get into the wrestling news speaking of pay-per-views we got SummerSlam, and when this whole thing was going down we were wondering hoping that maybe SummerSlam was going to be that show that fans were going to be able to return and no that is not the case because SummerSlam is going to be in the Performance Center. I mean, it was kind of obvious. Boston was one of those, not centralized hubs, but obviously a big city that they were kind of shutting stuff down early on. And we were thinking, okay, this SummerSlam thing maybe could happen, but more than likely will not happen. And now just another pay-per-view that would be taking place at the Performance Center, Extreme Rules, the horror show, was supposed to be taking place in San Jose. So maybe... Next year, we'll get a San Jose pay-per-view around the same time. But Dominic kind of knew this was going to happen, but now it's official. SummerSlam will be in the Performance Center. I mean, it, it, to me, to me, it's kind of like whatever right now. I mean, I understand that everything's reopening, then automatically and shut down again. I'm not, I'm not too uh, heartbroken over it. Um, the only thing could I- you see WWE possibly getting some fans in there or some other people? Obviously, they try to do that, and then an outbreak kind of went down. I think I think when SummerSlam again? That would be middle late August. August. Yeah. Um, I think if they get their shit together, they test everyone every other day at least, just so then they can control everything and you keep people, you know, you, you can mandate, hey, I want forty people in attendance. Those forty people need to be quarantined and they need to do this and that and this and that. So I'm sure if Vince wanted people there, he can get them there. 
And I think probably the more the more logical place to do this would be at Full Sail, just because it's kind of off campus. As the what's what's going on with the mascot down there? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Hopefully the mascot does not die. Yes, hopefully. On the podcast, but you know, we we thought this was coming. It happened. Who knows how long? He didn't really answer Mr. X's question, Dominic. When do you think things will, quote-unquote, get back to normal? 2030. Okay, okay. Now, Rey Mysterio apparently is working without a WWE contract. Interestingly enough, he's kind of a focal point with that news or with that storyline with Seth Rollins. He's almost in the main event segment every single week. And news has come out that he's not working under a contract, kind of a handshake, date-to-date type deal. Dominic, your thoughts? Rey Mysterio, do you think he's going to stay with WWE? Do you think he'll leave? What's going on? I mean, you know, going back to what you just talked about, Zara, you know, a wrestler, you know, that could possibly be the next world champion. Rey Mysterio could also be that person. Yeah, I don't really see where he could fit in 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 AEW and, and be a world champion. But I think for Rey's sake, I think he just takes the money resigns, works whatever he needs to work, get that money, retire, go into the Hall of Fame, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. I think Ray, him and WWE have always kind of had a good relationship. I mean, he was just in the main event of All Out or All In, and you would think that, oh, maybe that would kind of sour their relationship because Vince would be kind of salty that he was doing something like that. But no, he came back, I think, you know, a few months later, and he's in a pretty prominent position right now. Now, with Dominic having wrestling aspirations, maybe he'll just go wherever his dad goes. If he's... Oh, I looked at you thinking like, yeah, I do have wrestling aspirations. Never mind. Wrong Dominic. Dominic Mysterio, the one who spells his name wrong. Thank you. Can you be, uh, be a little more specific next time? Sorry, I had to say pronouns. Got to say Dominic Mysterio. Thank you. There we go. But I I think it's just kind of up to Ray, whatever he wants to do. He did the indie thing. He, You know, he did some things in Mexico, kind of went around the circuit, did some things. It, it's just completely up to him and what he wants to do. You know, late in his career, I think he's kind of passed, you know, that one final run. I think he's kind of done what he did. And I think it's just kind of up to him. And he's kind of in that, he, you know, he kind of has fuck you money and he can just do whatever the hell he wants at this point. If you're Ray Mysterio, what do you do? Do you just eh, well, sign just a year? it depends on what kind of headspace he's in. Does he feel as though... He's even though he might be in these main event segments, does he feel as though he's underutilized, or does he look outside of WWE and see there's some things I can do, and I can have, you know, great matches with guys in Mexico, some guys in Japan and AEW and the Indies around. But right now with the pandemic, obviously, what is going to happen with wrestling if there's no indie bookings for the next six eight months? It doesn't really make any sense to you know leave WWE to go and bank on something else happening when nothing else except for AEW, Impact, New Japan, you know, the major companies are doing anything right now. So then what you're saying is he should sign a one-year deal, make a little bit of money, not that many dates, and just see what happens next year. Sure. Why not? Now, finally, Mustafa Ali, someone who don't really talk about on the podcast because he doesn't really do a whole lot. We don't talk about SmackDown too much on the podcast but there was that hacker angle 
the they were teasing it. It was kind of a central part of the Mandy Dolph Ziggler storyline. Otis was involved as well, and it just kind of got dropped. We haven't seen him since, and we all kind of just led to conclusions that Mustafa Ali was the hacker in this angle, and it seems that that was the case, and he has been moved over to Raw, and the reasoning why he wanted to be moved over to Raw is because he wasn't really feeling Bruce Pritchard's vision for him or whatever, and he wanted to work with Paul Heyman, but now Bruce Pritchard runs both Raw and SmackDown, so poor Mustafa Ali, he is kind of fucked right now, and he's probably in the political doghouse. I think the only logical thing to do for him, leave. I think he should just ask for his release, take the 90-day sabbatical, and then just... I think he... For someone of his talent, he can go anywhere and get booked and win. So I think someone like him can go to AEW, can go to Impact, and can go to New Japan. That can, He can go anywhere. So I think the best thing for him to do is either A, just work it out, do your best you can, pitch your angles and see what you can do, or I'll just request a release and say, fuck it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same path as you i feel as though i didn't know mustafa ali that much or if maybe if any before the cruiserweight classic he showed up he impressed he's done some good things i think he's definitely a good undersized baby face that could be utilized a lot better in wwe i think he might be kind of in the same boat as tjp skill set wise to where i think he could be used more now tjp hasn't really done anything too much on the indie scene since he left wwe he's doing some things with New Japan and the LA Dojo and stuff like that. Maybe Mustafa Ali could do something with AEW, but who exactly knows? I, he's just kind of another one of those people on that long list that I am telling them to get the hell out. Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, and Shayna Baszler, whenever you see that door crack, run right through it and leave. Please. We'll have to wait and see because I got a feeling there's probably at least 10 wrestlers, male and female, that are underutilized, that are Fed um, up. You got the hiccups? The burps. You got the beer burps? Yes. But there's at least 10 male and female wrestlers that want out. So I got, I've got got a feeling there's going to be a slew of people that are going to be requesting a release or something coming, coming up pretty soon. Well, in two weeks, all of those WWE releases on my birthday, July 18th, their uh, no-compete clause runs out. It's a out. great birthday, too. Great birthday. It's only the only one that matters. Exactly. But... July 18th is the day where those no-compete clauses run out, and we're going to be getting probably a shit ton of news and a lot of vignettes and videos and people signing everywhere with the Good Brothers, Heath Slater, and other people and other, yeah. So check us out in two weeks where we react to all the free agent news. But moving on to Raw, speaking of Heath Slater, he showed up in the opening segment of Monday Night Raw. Dolph Ziggler comes out, and he brings the ghost of Christmas past, Heath Slater, and Heath Slater talks to Drew and is like, man, you know, when you got released, I was right there for you. When I was your buddy, I called you and we talked. But then when I get released, you don't do shit for me. And then they have a match because he, Heath Slater won his title opportunity and he gets it. But then he loses in like 10 seconds. And this is why he can't be AEW champion. Yeah. Dominic, your thoughts on this Raw opening segment? Which is, you know, it's really funny that we started talking about that because. Oh, minute, I was, uh multitasking i was listening but also on my phone and what well, sure what's that what does it pop up on my facebook that drew mcintyre says he had to talk with slater into making a raw appearance and he says he has mentally moved on so i feel like heath is never coming back i feel like 
you know, what you just said that, you know, him being beat so quick shows that he has no, um, you know, there's no way he can be a champion quickly, you know, making a and debut. I feel as though if he was maybe not protected, but if he had a sort of five-minute competitive match with Drew McIntyre, I think you could have talked yourself into maybe Heath Slater coming back and doing something. Heath is one of those guys with Zack Ryder that could have been used. I mean, Zack Ryder, I think, is kind of on another level than Heath Slater, maybe like a level above Slater, but I feel as though Heath could have been used a lot better, and it's going to be interesting. Shout out Heath, looking mad thick. I That was the first thing I, when I saw him. I was like, damn, he looks good. Thick with four Cs. Dom, Dominic's only two Cs, if you recall. If you I think said two Ks. I said two Cs. Oh. Wasn't paying attention. Never three Ks. You don't want to be three Ks thick. Never. Anyways. Any hoots. I enjoyed the segment. I thought everyone played their part well. The only thing I didn't like was that McIntyre didn't have a good response to Slater when Slater said, you never called me, you never you know, talked to me after my release. Like As a babyface, the lead babyface, during a quarantine, we have a lot of free time on your hands. I think McIntyre should have a response and a reasoning for why that happened. Either I was too busy winning the world championship at WrestleMania. But you could have called him. You could have tweeted him, DM'd him or something. Or at least say, I reached out to you, but you changed your phone number and I couldn't get a hold of you or some sort of BS. I feel like it doesn't matter. I feel like people... Well, there's no fans there, so you couldn't really play off the people, but I feel like it doesn't matter. I feel like the point of it was he's later's back. Where's G- I think everybody's just doing where's Ginger. This moment would have been better if Ginger came out and made a save or something like that. But I think Ginger is supposed to be a heel. He's also injured. But I think you're. I think they're saving it in their back pocket for. G- I think honestly, G- this feud should have been with Ginger. But I think since Ginger's hurt, this a one-off feud for a you know B-level July pay-per-view. I think this should have been Ginger. But they won't so are you predicting it. SummerSlam is Jinder Mahal versus Drew McIntyre? No, that's the reason why I felt as though that could have been a one-off feud is because you have this feud for July, and then August, go to SummerSlam, you can do Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. Okay. Book in the damn territory. Speaking, well, not speaking of Randy Orton, because Randy Orton wasn't even really involved in this. There's a new United States Championship design. MVP, who is the... Apparently greatest U.S. champion of all time, according to him, reviews or reveals a new championship design. No Apollo Crews. So I don't know if Apollo Crews, get, if that's like MVP's title and, and Apollo Crews, I, I don't know what's going to go on with that. But Dominic, your thoughts on the new title design? It's not bad. I would definitely say I first saw it and the first thing came out of my mouth was like, ew, why, why? But it, it's grown on me a little bit, I will say. It's grown. Um, I feel like it's not the worst thing I've, I've ever seen. I mean, if I had to compare it to other titles in other companies, I would say it's, to my in my opinion, it's better than that stupid TNT title. Mic drop. Well, the TNT title isn't actually finished yet. I don't know what the... No excuses. No excuses, even though there's a global pandemic. No excuses. Apparently, they've been sitting on this title for a long time. Also, rumors that maybe there's going to be new tag titles. They're already finished. They're just on layaway and waiting for whenever the right opportunity strikes. 
I mean, this was kind of the last title of our childhood from the Ruthless Aggression early 2000s era. So it did kind of sting a little bit that now all those titles are being replaced. But it's WWE. They do all of this for merchandise purposes. And they're always trying to update and make everything the new shiny thing. And I mean, as a design itself, it's okay. As I said in the group chat that I felt as though maybe we there should have been more color on it. A little more red, white, and blue. Those side plates are a little boring. Obviously, those side plates are going to be replaced with the personalized title holder side plate, so maybe that'll make it a little bit better. But it is the U.S. title. I feel as though just having everything gold and silver with a little hint of red, white, and blue on it, not the biggest fan. I think the, I mean, well, the old title belt was literally just like a U.S. flag on a plate, which was amazing. Was amazing. Obviously not as amazing as that John Cena spinner belt, but anyways. Honestly, that was... I think that was the first thing I can clearly recall seeing was him and his ruck rule, ruck fools or whatever. How do you, whatever it was, it was supposed to say fuck rules, but you know, R and F or, you know, switched, but, um, that, and the spinner title and you had like Tori and Michelle McCool, like, Oh, can we touch it? This can we play with it? And he was like, sure. And they're playing with his spinner belt. That was the first thing I can visually in my head recall. And it made me love United States Championship. I thought United States Championship was was the number one title in the company. Because if you have hold that spinner belt, you be getting bitches. Damn right. All right. Then we got the KO show. Yes, Kevin Owens has returned. He goes back and forth with Seth Rollins a little bit because he was the guest. And we get Rey Mysterio and Kevin Owens taking on Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. It's supposed to be Mysterio and Aleister Black, but for some reason, strangely enough... Alistair Black gets his shit wrecked, and he's unable to be in the match, but he's okay to make the save at the end of the match. Is Alistair... Do you think they're handling Alistair Black the right way? In your, in, what's your opinion on it? They're not pushing him to the moon, and they're not protecting him like a Drew McIntyre, but they're not exactly burying him and... He's no Ricochet, so I guess that's always a positive, which Ricochet, out of the two early on, was getting the better push. And I was like, maybe, I mean, Ricochet, I think, is more talented than Aleister Black, but I feel as though there was some more character work that you can do with Aleister. And at this point, Aleister, I think, is in a better position, but he's just kind of spinning his wheels and just kind of playing 500 right now. Who's going to win their first main card title, Aleister or Ricochet? I would probably say Aleister Black. I think Aleister Black, you could do something if MVP ends up winning the title or if Bobby Lashley ends up winning the title. I think Aleister Black is a logical guy to take the title off of that heel. So I would probably say Aleister Black. As I said, Ricochet, please leave. Go to New Japan or go to AEW because, my God, he is just being destroyed right now. Okay, is that it with Raw? No, we got a fantastic match between Billy Kay and Ruby Riot. Once again, uh, Ruby Riot, who has turned babyface because the Iconics call her a loser, faces off against the other Iconic after losing to Peyton Royce in about three minutes. So what does she do to follow up on it? Loses again? Loses to Billy Kay in about three minutes. With a weird finish? Yeah, nobody got hurt. That's all we can ask for, right? I guess so. Kyrie Sane, who apparently was supposed to be leaving WWE, maybe isn't the case right now. She has a pretty damn good match with a... Not Alexa Banks. Sasha Banks. There you go. Goes to a DQ. You know, good match. This also leads into Asuka defeating Bailey 
with Nikki Cross at ringside. Uh, I mean, nice to see the Kabuki Warriors back. Any thoughts on the prospects of Kyrie Zane maybe leaving WWE after this kind of couple-week feud and return? I mean, you know how I feel about Kyrie Zane. I'll just leave it at that. How do you feel about it, Dominic? I'll just leave it at that. Please, tell the tell the lovely, the millions and millions of listeners on the podcast how you feel. I feel like she does not need to be in WWE anymore. I feel like she is overrated. And she can go to AEW where she will be praised and become champion quickly. Or she goes back to Japan because that's where her boyfriend or fiance or whatever. Husband. Husband. Her significant other lives. Sure, whatever. But if she wants to be rich and famous, go to AEW. Then finally, we got a six-man tag match. We got Orton, Almas, and Garza defeating the Viking War Raider Experience and the Big Show. So continuing on with uh, that feud. I mean, it was okay, I guess. Nice to see that Orton is able to wrangle Zelina's boys better than Zelina can. I guess you could say Zelina Vega may be out of a job already soon. Quite possibly. Now let's move on to AEW Night 2 of Fighter Fest. Hangman, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega retain their AEW tag titles after they defeat the private party. Sloppy, as usual with the private party, Omega and Hangman win. Not too much dissension to really speak of, so kind of putting that storyline on hold. I think it was a decent match. I mean, no one got hurt because, you know, the private party, they're kind of, I'm not going to say loose cannons, but, you know, they, they sometimes don't execute moves very well. They're kind of like, I feel like what Jim Cornette thinks of the Young Bucks, I feel as though that's what the private party are. Like, they just kind of do the heavily choreographed moves and like, okay, they kind of look cool, but when you kind of put it all together and look at their finished product, it's not that great. Exactly. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a decent match, though. So Then we get Lance Archer defeating Joey Janela. In about a 12-minute match, I think both of these guys are kind of getting pushed to a, not a significant level, but they both have their own separate storyline where they're trying to get built back up. Maybe the match went a little too long because I think you want to establish Lance Archer a little bit more than Joey Janela, but they do have that storyline with Sunny Kiss. So I thought the match was good. Maybe a slightly, you know, match went a little bit too long, but I think overall, I think they did a good job here telling the story from both their perspectives. I feel like uh, Joey Janela is coming up. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that as Dominic a... Dominic is bored. Ladies and gentlemen, he is playing a game on his phone. Why can't why do you have to, why do you have to snitch me out like that? Because if I don't snitch you out, you're just gonna keep playing your game on your phone. Because I'm trying to win money here, buddy. Look, I already got sixty two dollars and nine cents. Is that shoot money? Yes. Supposedly. You and can, what do you have to earn like a thousand dollars just to 100, cash out? A hundred. I'm I'm like forty bucks shy. Come on, leave me alone, man. Anyways, I feel like Joey Janela's on the come up. I'm not gonna say he, you know, gets pushed past past Archer. But I do feel like, you know, they're starting to figure out what to do with him. The main event of this show was going to be Brian Cage taking on John Moxley, but that is not the case because Moxley was on quarantine. So Brian Cage and Taz come out. They cut a promo. Taz cuts the promo. And he brings out the FTW Championship, hands it to Brian Cage. So a heel holding a fake title. So, you know 
pretty self-explanatory. Get some heat on the champ on the heel challenger going into the championship. I thought the promo was good. I kind of saw the FTW championship coming, but I felt as though AEW just kind of expected their fans to just know what that was and kind of have respect and, you know, on a fear brand cage, but, you know, know what the hell is going on. And I feel as though that just isn't the case 20 plus years later with an ECW title. I mean, to be honest with you, when I saw it, the first thing that came to my head was like, okay, new title on that night. Then I actually looked at it. Like I actually looked at it and I'm like, why are they bring the FTW title into AEW? First off, it's an ECW title. Isn't there going to be any type of of legal issue with having an ECW title, so-called ECW title in AEW? But it AEW? was never like an acknowledged title. Title. Okay, because that because that was one thing that was getting to me was I was like, they own technically they own everything ECW. Why are they able to use that? But I think it's it's a very stupid stupid title and then what happens if and when john moxley beats brian cage next week we have a dual champion i don't want him to have the F- ftw but it's like if you have that title and then you just lose the the aw title next week it's like okay why do i care that you're holding this title when you can even quote-unquote defend it for a week exactly I, I i i understand they probably did it because they had to fill that segment and they had to maybe be able to offer something but they could have done a hundred different things than bring out a title that I would say most of the people don't didn't know or did not know enough of. Um, I wonder when this decision was actually made, just because I feel as though you could have hinted at it a little bit or even talk about it and just kind of bring it up and just be like, you know, Brian Cage, no, just like what the FTW originally stood for. It's, you know, nobody wanted me to be a champion. Nobody, everyone keeps holding me back and I'm against everybody. And so I'm going to make my own damn championship and, yeah, you know, fuck the world. There you go. And then next week, you know, or you can, exactly. I, I would have, I would have liked that more than, you know, than what they did. And I, and on, on a side note, I much rather have the, have had the original title than the modified one. Anyways, then we move on to the crazy eight-man tag that we all knew was going to happen. Lucha Bros and Butcher and the Blade defeat the Young Bucks and FTR. If you blinked, you missed a whole bunch, just a bunch of action back and forth. A crazy spot with Phoenix taking Nick Jackson for a destroyer on the outside of the ring. My God, they almost killed each other, but luckily they didn't. In the end, a little miscommunication between the Young Bucks and FTR and the Lucha Bros get the win i thought this was the correct finish with the lucha bros coming back after their hiatus build them up a little bit butchering the blade you know we all know what they're going to be doing young bucks and ftr that's the main story going forward so get them to lose the young bucks are the ones who lost you still protect ftr for a little bit so whenever their first loss does come it means a lot more overall very much enjoyed this match so i mean going off what we kind of said the not too long ago was you know it's a spot filled match um yeah it was very spotty but i think it was done it was one of the better matches i've seen in a while from lucha bros and the young bucks um that destroyer that i i think was epic i'm i would probably say maybe unnecessary unnecessarily epic it was unnecessary you did not need to do it maybe it was because it was they overshot it so if they landed it perfectly it would have been better but if they completely missed 
and Nick gets spiked or, you know, gets impaled by the guardrail, it was not worth it. You're too critical sometimes, you know that? God forbid I want the wrestlers to be safe. Oh, next thing you know, you're going to want them to start a union. Well, this one guy named David Starr was going to start a union, but that is not happening anymore. Anyways, I thought the match was great. Take that back. Match was good. Not great. It was good. Definitely all right. Nyla Rose has a two-on-one squash match. She wins. We kind of talked about this last week. Now she says she's getting a manager. Who's it going to be? Awesome Kong. I actually thought the exact same thing, Dominic. Look at you. Did you listen to the other podcast that I do? I never listened to that podcast. So we're just two peas in a pod. You would say, so you're saying that in a, in a tag team elimination chamber match, would be in the same pod? Exactly. I knew I liked you. We got the Dark Order defeating SCU. Cole Cabana getting the taste of victory once again. Not exactly joining the Dark Order quite yet, but they're kind of leaning in that direction. Match itself was okay. I mean, nothing really to talk about in this penultimate match. Then let's talk about the ultimate match. Or the final match. Oh, final. Okay. Chris Jericho takes on Orange Cassidy, and I just absolutely loved this match. Orange Cassidy, you know, taking it seriously from the jump. Beats up Jericho, then Jericho puts the heat on Cassidy for a long time. Cassidy makes the comeback. Some interference, false finish. But then in the end, Jericho wins. I mean, kind of clean after some shenanigans beforehand with the Judas effect. Loved it. I think both guys were protected enough. I maybe would have wanted the finish to be that, you know, shitty bat shot just so it was definitive that Jericho cheated. But Jericho does get his finish in and gets the win. I would have to actually say that this is probably my favorite AEW match I've ever seen. Over everything we saw live at Double or Nothing. Yes. Explain why. Basically, everything you just stated, the the fact that Casty was, was I, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say the word, Casty was real from the beginning of the match. The the energy, the heat, the, the, the animosity, everything was real. They I do agree they both were protected. Um, I think many fans saw the Cassidy that they knew. Um, I I kind of d- I like the finish more than you probably do, just because you kind of get shenanigans, but yet he's able to overcome it. But then you know Jericho gets the, the gets gets the, the the definitive win. Um, I really enjoyed this match. Not now. I don't want to see the next three pay-per-views, Jericho and Cassidy. I just this should be it. Maybe maybe a little more maybe a little lingering of a feud, but that's it. No more. Boom, done, then, move on. And who is the guy who Cassidy beats cuz he had kind of a similar match with Pac, he lost. Has probably a better match with Jericho, he lost. So, when do you pull the trigger and he finally wins that big match? I say he doesn't. So you just say that he's loose. He's Charlie Brown with the football and just keeps on losing. Yes, I feel like that. That's the, the thing that what what gets him over so much is the fact that he's cool, laid back. He turns on the anger, turns on, you know, the blood orange Cassidy, and then just comes up short. That that that's life, man. That is life. Sometimes you don't win. Sometimes you never win. But it's life. But then if. 
he's always lazy, but then when he always tries, he always loses, then what's the point of trying? Maybe because you need to try every time. Got to give 100% every time. Okay, Brandon? Not 110, because that's literally impossible. I mean, he can give 110, but he might die. He might lose all of his juice. Overall, thought it was a good show. Don't know if I'd say it was... I think it was better than NXT. I think the eight-man tag match, I really enjoyed. Really enjoyed the Jericho-Cassidy match. Once again, AEW loses in the total viewership, but then they win in the demos, and there's a whole back and forth with Jericho and Tony Khan and everybody, and it's like, I really don't care. Just give me good wrestling, and who cares what the ratings are? I don't know what to say from that. I was going to say ratings overall, what what, what matters the most overall of the demo. I would say technically overall, but whatever. Well, this isn't a business podcast, so we're not going to talk about that. But we're not religious either, and yet we talked about for at least five minutes religion. It was not. It was like... 35 seconds. It felt like five minutes. Anyways, we got NXT, The Great American Bash, night two. My girl, Candice LeRae, takes on... My girl, Mia Yim. In a street fight, and my girl, Candice LeRae, wins. My girl loses. I'm sorry about that, Dominic. Hope we can coexist for the next 10 minutes. Maybe. Candice LeRae wins. Good, solid street fight back and forth. I think these are the probably the two best women to be in this match because they've had matches similar to this outside of WWE. Big finish at the end where they do a swinging net breaker at the corner on top of a table, you know, onto an ECW level amount of chairs in the middle of the ring. Candace sort of puts her arm over Mia Yim for the pin. Dominic, your thoughts on the match? I feel like it was one of the better women's matches I've seen in a while. Better than the Tegan Knox Dakota Kai street fight. Correct. hundred percent agree. Um, Granted, being biased, I wish my girl would have won. I feel like she has been coming up short a lot more than a lot of the other females on NXT. But I feel like also being that she's been around the world, you know, she can she can take a loss. So I do agree that I feel as though Mia Yim probably could be and should be more in NXT, but I also feel as though since Candace just did turn and she lost her you know, kind of first few big matches as a heel that she did need to win this match. And coming out of the women's title match, whether it is EO or Tegan, I think Candice is a, a good logical pick to be the next contender. And I feel as though Mia Yim could be something. Maybe you call her up and she can be a good baby face or even maybe a good heel. But I think Mia Yim definitely should be utilized a little bit more, but maybe it's just she's the veteran, the veteran presence to kind of guide the younger women in the trainees there. Yeah, but then what happens when she gets a little past her prime and then she can't make a good run in the main card? Then they just, you know, and wasted she turns her talents. Into just a full-time coach. Eh, I don't want that. I want her to be able to go to the main card and she turns and into have Sarah a, Del Rey. Eh, I'd rather have her be more like a Beth Phoenix. She commentates. Gets the world title, retires early, then commentates. Then we got Bronson Reed and Tony Nese because I guess they're pushing Bronson Reed a little bit. I mean, he lost to Karrion Cross and whatever. So is it Karrion Cross? I forget who he is. They're pushing Bronson Reed a little bit for now, and then he's probably going to lose later on down the line. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's kind of the same thing of like Killian Day, and they push these guys for a few weeks, and then they have a semi-serious match, and they lose. And then they build, 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 and then same thing. And then they go on losing streaks. And then they turn into, you know, nobodies. 
Speaking of Killian Dane, Killian Dane had some coffee accidentally thrown on him by Robert Stone. Oh, God. And they get into a little bit of a kerfuffle. Robert Stone was trying to recruit Dominic's other girl, Shotzi. And after Robert gets pushed over, then Shotzi runs over Stone. Crazy bitch. I don't know what the next chapter is in this Robert Stone storyline. Hopefully Shotzi doesn't, they already kind of, maybe not ruined Rhea, but they kind of pulled her down. And hopefully they don't pull her Shotzi down with them. You know, I heard that the whole Robert Stone gimmick is a shot at Tony Khan. Do you believe it? I mean, as I said, WWE can be petty at times, but I just don't, once again, it's similar to the FTW title. When I look at Robert Stone, I don't think of Tony Khan. Tony Khan is has only been on Dynamite. You've only heard his voice on Dynamite like once. They never talk about him really, maybe like in passing as a kind of shadowy figure that kind of runs everything, but he's not on television. He's not even on television as much as William Regal is. So, I, I mean, if it is... I mean, I guess they can have their fun and throw shots, but it doesn't like it doesn't register with me. And you would think that that would be I would be the person that would pick up on that. Okay, just wanted to as big dog thirsty. I want to have to listen back and see if they can listen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they can hear that, huh? I don't know, maybe a little bit. If I don't talk, it doesn't. It helps. Yeah, so keep talking. No, if I keep wait, if I talk, it helps or doesn't help. Obviously, it would help because you're overriding the slurping of the big dog. Oh, I'm sorry that she's thirsty. Okay, it's you a okay, hot, baby? hot summer day. You okay, baby. Yeah, go drill on Brandon. Anyways, we got Johnny Gargano defeating Isaiah Swerve Scott. Good match as WWE buys evolve. This was a very evolve type match. Good back-and-forth action. Gargano getting his heat back after losing to Keith Lee. I enjoyed it. They had a little backstage segment with him and Candice. Maybe they're going to be... They hinted that they're going to be doing something later on down the road. So we're going to have to wait and see what that is. Mixed tag team title belts. And you have Johnny Gargano... Mr. and Mrs. Gargano. We get Legado del Fantasma defeating... Drake Maverick and Brizongo. You know, fine match. Drake ends up eating the pin here. Made sense. Don't know exactly what they're going to be doing with Drake down the line. Do you push him a little bit? Does he finally get that big win over Santos Escobar? I think I got his name right that time. You did. It was fine. Nobody hurt. That's all we can ask for. And then, unless Dominic has anything to say about it. No, I'm cool. In the main event, we got Keith Lee defeating Adam Cole to be champ champ. He is now the North American and NXT champion. Dominic hinted at it last week. I told him to shut the fuck up. Don't spoil it for me. I was not spoiled, even though apparently everybody else was. I was able to stay off the internet. Was not spoiled. Thought this was a really good match. Kind of saw it coming. Dominic, your thoughts overall? Well, I mean, a lot of people are saying that they did two taped endings. So that's why I wasn't maybe super spoiled. But um, I, I'm not going to say it's the wrong decision. I'm not saying it's the right decision. I just feel like I hope whatever they choose to do with Adam Cole um, is the right right decision. Keith Lee, the perfect man to, to uh, hold both titles. But I just feel like, I just feel like uh, whatever they do with, it's whatever they do with Adam Cole is what's going to be the real issue. 
I feel as though this was a good match, good decision. You had Adam Cole being the champion for such a long period of time that at this point you can't just hold off and just wait for whenever crowds come back because you just don't know when crowds come back. And I think Heath Lee was getting enough momentum. And if there are ongoing contract negotiations between the two and they don't exactly know as Dominic and the studio audience are getting into a little kerfuffle off stage. She won't fucking leave me alone, Brandon. Because she loves you. No, she's hungry. What's her dinner, Dominic? Uh, you ate her steak. You gave me no, the I steak. I never did such a thing. You asked me. You literally put the steak on the plate. Mary, I did not. Yes, he did. But anyways, if this was because of the contract negotiations and they wanted to get the title off of Cole, perfectly fine with that. Who knows what Cole will be doing later on down the line. I would hope he stays with WWE just because I feel as though he has so much upside that he could be a top guy for that company. But at the end of the day, he's probably going to get you know, de-pushed because Vince doesn't see anything in him because he's you know, short with a little bit of a chubby body, even though he's in pretty good shape compared to what he was a few years ago. Let's be real here. Triple H is going to say, Vince, if you let him go, you're a fucking idiot. He has major upside. You bring him to Raw. You have him feud with... Alistair Black with Seth Rollins with uh, with Apollo Crews with Bobby Lash you you can have him go against anyone you can bring him to SmackDown go against Jeff Hardy you can have him go against John Moore I think him actually you know him and Jim John Morrison actually have a pretty good match I think or Jim Morrison Jim John Jimmy John let's go to Jim John's is that what's for dinner Jimmy John's I want your Jimmy Big Daddy, big fan of Jimmy John's for some reason. Every time we went to Reno or Nevada for tournaments. How is Big Daddy, by the way? He is uh, okay. He dyed his hair purple. Oh, really? Violet, it looks more like. Dominic, you seen the picture? Pink. Oh, okay, Dominic, you've seen the picture. Any hot takes on Big Daddy's hair color? Because I'm going ple- to plead, pi- uh, plead, plead the fifth right now. All right. So that'll do it for us for today. Thank you all very much for tuning into this addition of curveballs and chair shots as we said a possible probable curveballs and chair shots trapped to hell collaboration mlb preview spectacular will be coming dominic may or may not be attending because he does not want to be annihilated dominic is scared that he's going to come across like an idiot on the podcast I, I know i will but i also you know we we, we play fortnite almost every night with tyler and, you know, when we start talking about talking about certain things, you two kind of just walk all over me and it's not even, you know, fun for me to put my two cents in. Well, Dominic. Add, add Travis to the bunch, who is also a very big sports enthusiast. Don't really think it's going to be a fun time for me. So you're outing yourself that you don't prepare and you don't know things. I'm not saying that I don't prepare and I don't know things. It's just you guys know more. So, why, you know, it, it's, you know. Well, stay tuned to listen to the shit show. Probably Friday, maybe Wednesday. So next week on Friday might be a dual podcast. Very excited for that. Till next time for Dominic, the studio audience, and Oreo, and the big dog, and Minnie, and Big Daddy, and Tyler, and Travis, Mr. And X, Dave, and Earl. And Dave, and Earl, and cool. Jesus, and everybody else we name dropped on the podcast. Christianity, Catholicism. Jorge Mizvidil. Usman. And, and Camaro Usman. Buster Posey. Buster Posey, David Price. Am I just going to read off the entire script so I can just name every single person? And about? who's the last one we got to say? Keith Lee. No, oh, I was going to say Mike. Uh, Mike Yastrzemski. Sure. Sure. It was whatever the guy was. He's a fucking pussy, that guy. Nick Markakis. I was going to say Moose Kakis for some reason. 
Not to be confused. Because the moose has some cakes. All right, Dominic, big fan of Mike Moustakis. He's got the cakes. He's thick with five C's. (laughs) So thank you very much for tuning in. Goodbye and good night. Uh, Bye-bye.